This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. This, he is unbeatable in 2024. Nobody can touch him. Not a Republican, not a Democrat. There you go. Does that make you feel better? Uh, welcome into the show. <laughs> it's Wake Up Mid-Missouri. You feel better, John? There's people at Huckabee. Fox's Pete Hegg can't believe this is still a big thing. Supporting uh, Trump, as are uh, a lot of uh, other people. Uh, welcome into the show. It's Wake Up Mid-Missouri. There's Mr. John Marsh. Good morning. Uh, Stephanie Bell's here. Good morning. There's Brian Howsworth. Producer Hannah has the day off. My name is Brandon Rather. We do appreciate you being here on the show this morning. Uh, want to bring in, by the way, so one of the big pieces of news yesterday, uh, it's official. So here's numbers numbers in the news. Randy Tobler hosts the Randy Tobler Show weekday afternoons for here, uh, starting at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, here's some numbers in the news. Uh, seven days. It's how many days until Thanksgiving? 38. How many days until Christmas? Uh, ta -ta -ta -ta. I think 19 is the next number in the news. 19. 19 days till the Georgia Senate uh, runoff. And another number in the news? N number one. My number one favorite talk show here on the radio station, the Randy Tobler Show. Oh, God. That's what you, that's what you post on, on uh, the, my Facebook page. No, that's what you post on your Facebook page, that you're my number one show. And you are. Uh, <laughs> and I love when we hang out together. It's a lot of fun. We had a, we had a little, um, let's just say we had some interesting calls yesterday when you were on talking about this whole issue. It's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It, it is kind of interesting when it comes to the Trump thing, and we get it. He's a firebrand. We, we, we get it, but I think you start to see the devotion from some people still to Trump. And listen, the, here's my devotion, and I people laugh at me and probably get angry. I tell the story about how much I supported Trump in 2015 and all that. And uh, listen, here, uh, you can look at some facts as it relates to Trump and all that stuff. Uh, and people, you know, what? some people, whenever they get triggered by something, what's the phrase we call them? I'm not saying folks that are getting mad because people have this perception that we are talking negatively about Trump. But what do we usually call those folks when they get really bothered by something? I think the phrase is snowflakes. People get called. Oh, what, what are, no. Brandon. See, yeah. See? I just, I just heard this large clicking sound with all the radios across mid-Missouri going off. No. Let, me, let me finish my, my thought here. What do we say, Marsh, whenever somebody, like, on the left, when they can't stand, so, uh, when they get bent out of shape, what do we call them? Because they can't handle a different a frame of, of mind or a different thought. What do we call them? We call them snowflakes. <laughs> uh, and I don't you know, remember... I I don't know, Brandon. I'm I'm looking at this as a, a trying to take a scientific approach to this, you know. <laughs> and even though, let's just say, even though my favorite medicine for a sinus infection is amoxicillin, and then Brandon Rather comes in and says, "Man, you know, the first time you gave it to me, it worked well, and the second time worked well, but you gave it to me last time, and man, it's just not working." And maybe I get a culture or a UTI, you know. And, and the culture says amoxicillin is not the thing that's going to fix your UTI or your sinus infection. I look at the data, and even though amoxicillin is my favorite and it costs Brandon the least, and it may cost him a little more, and you know I don't use the other one as much, I want the thing that's gonna help him win over his infection. 
So uh, this is not, I mean, yeah, I struggle with, with Trump's behavior. Like Huckabee, if, if, and remember, Huckabee was a preacher, so he believes in redemption. So do I. Uh, and and there's a possibility Trump could redeem himself, but I mean his history doesn't support that fact. But the, but the facts on the ground are former big time Trump supporters and donors that have even called me on my show. Maybe they've called you. They're like, I'm done. I'm not donating because I thought I was donating to the midterm super PAC, uh, you know, PAC and the MAGA Incorporated. I thought that was going to midterm elections. No, and they're just, they've had it. Now look, but anyone can be reformed. Ask my wife. She's been reforming me for 40 years, and we keep working on it. You know what I mean? And so we're just looking at the facts on the ground. There's a lot of people that are just unhappy, and they're looking for something new, something forward-looking, something a little safer when it comes to that independent mindset. That That's what the next election is going to depend on, by the way. Yeah, and here's another fact. Kansas City Star has a story on uh, one of our U.S. senators and our U.S. senator-elect, Eric uh, Eric Schmidt. Fact, they say they're staying quiet on their uh, on them endorsing uh, Trump. Uh, we're, we're seeing what people are, are saying nationwide. I think even the Missouri GOP party is going, hey, and ultimately, here's another fact. Don't we, regardless, whatever political affiliation, religion, race, whatever, uh, we all have hearts and brains, and don't we all really want the same thing? We just want to be okay. We all, whether we agree on who it is that takes that message to the White House or Jefferson City, we just want to be okay. We want to put, we want to, you know, jobs. We want to put some money in the bank. We want to feed our kids. We want to go out and eat once in a while. And we want to, that's, we just want to be okay. We don't want to. But we also want to win. And I want to win. And that's, that's where I'm at. I mean, I want to win. This last Tuesday was disappointing. And I want a 16 where like I get to watch the liberal media melt down for a month over a Trump election. And I just, I don't know that he can win. Maybe he can. And, it, and if he gets his momentum, I'm all in. But yeah. I want to win. Uh, how do you feel? Let me ask you this. Randy Tobler hanging out with us here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Officially, Republicans uh, control the House now following declaration of a congressional seat in California yesterday. Does this excite you now or do you just go, OK, that's cool. It's something. It's a it's a little morsel. For this, it's a little morsel. And if uh, Speaker McCarthy or Speaker-elect McCarthy can herd the cats, which is more difficult in GOP circles than it is in the Democrats. Why? Because GOP people have uh, strongly held principles, and they care about those principles, and they stick to them, and they're not as likely to yield. And in a way, that's sort of a good thing. Principle living is good, but politically it can hurt you. And we've seen how when, you know, what happened to turning Obamacare around? I mean, they couldn't stick together. So when you have that slim of a margin, I, I just, I can't imagine that, it's going to be as forceful and as reliable as it could have been otherwise. But, you know, this is a model for what's going on with the Trump sentiment within the GOP caucus. I mean, within GOP circles, I think people on any side of the fence, whether you're Jim Jordan, whether you're Mitch McConnell, whether you're a, quote, rhino, or whether you're a MAGA Trumper, everyone's going to maybe have to yield a little bit. And I'm hoping, praying that there's a statesman somewhere, a statesman that can unite everyone in this party and realize, hey, remember what Reagan said, if you get 80% of what you want, it's a pretty good day. And I think if we were united, we could get 90% of what we want. Here's another thing I'm looking at. A lot of criticism of Mitch McConnell and the Republican Party. Who got elected to Senate leadership yesterday? <laughs> Mitch McConnell! <laughs> what the hell are these people doing? 
man. Well, I don't. I don't know. I feel differently. I think than some do about McConnell. Yeah, he's been. He's had his moments when, gosh, we wish he could have done better. But remember, he's trying to herd cats. I just am so thankful Merrick Garland isn't doesn't have a black robe sitting with the eight other justices. I am so thankful. And and if you look at what the guy's done when he's been minority leader in some very very tough situations, I think he's done about as good as you can do with a really bad hand. It's hard to win a hand with a pair of deuces. And I think he's a he's a Kentucky horse trader from way back. I don't know if he was really a horse trader, but that's the way he does business. And I think. Um, I don't know. I look. We've got to. We've got to. We've got to stop pulling the pin in the grenade when we're all in the foxhole. That's not generally a good strategy. I don't know. My army friends tell me they teach them not to do that in the army. I don't know. Uh, John via tax. He says, kind of interesting how Trump is causing a huge divide between his amongst his own supporters. John's getting points tomorrow on a Feel Good Friday, 835, winners and losers yeah. uh, of the week. Let me ask you this. So here's the other thing I'm hearing folks talk about is we are here's another uh, number in the news, like two months uh, before recreational marijuana is legal. You'll be able to go and buy it. You can own up to three ounces or grams. I don't know the measurements for the weed. Don't know how it works. Don't care. Don't use the weed. But people can start. You can go much like you go anywhere and buy coffee or buy marijuana. You can go and buy this. If you're 21, you can use it and you can do it legally. What I'm wondering, workplace policies, because of the way that marijuana tests are done, they test for THC in your system. Do you know, because there's still workplace policies saying, sure, it's legal, but you can't do it if you're a truck driver, if you're in the medical profession, if you do something that's kind of dangerous, you still cannot have THC in your system and work at this place. Do you know, are there tests that can discern how recently somebody has consumed marijuana? No, not that I'm aware okay. of. I mean, it's really difficult. You don't have as reliable, even with alcohol, it's difficult because, you know, our, our metabolism based on our body size, our fat composition. I mean, there's a lot that goes on into the, the erosion of alcohol in your system or the metabolism of it. Similarly with uh, with marijuana, you know, it, it lasts, it's stored in the fat and it can uh, leach out over a longer period of time. So, you know what I'm thinking? That if, if I was a legislator down in Jeff City, I would be thinking, you know what? Okay, recreational marijuana is good. Why don't we tighten up the ability of employers to discipline or fire or whatever? Uh, of course, you got the Federal Department of Labor, but within the state's purview, why don't we just say, look, we don't care what you're doing. You want to do mescaline, you want to do mushrooms, you want to drink the tea that Aaron Rodgers is drinking. If your behavior is bad, we can fire you more easily. Even if you're a, a woman or a man who happens to be of a minority or a transgender. You know what I mean? There's so many protections for workers that it, you have to revert to trying to prove that they have this or that in their body at some level. That gets messy. I just wish we could do behavior-based employment law and very clean, crisp, and one and done. By the way, yeah. if you uh, if you're at, at your workplace, I'm curious uh, here in Mid Missouri if any uh, people are working somewhere and all of a sudden your workplace has come out if they've like reiterated or solidified. Hey, just as a reminder, following the election as it relates to Amendment Three last week, we want to remind you about our workplace policies. If that's happening in your workplace, would love to hear from you. Please eight seven four ninety three ninety. Send us a text. Randy Tobler hosts the Randy Tobler Show weekday afternoon. Four o'clock, hanging out with us here on Wake Up Mid Missouri. Randy, to flip back to the Trump announcement, I guess a question to you, kind of, kind of a track we kind of followed when we were doing our election night coverage. But if you were heading up Donald Trump's 
reelection campaign, what would be your first order of business? I think uh, my first order of business would to 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 really sit down and and ask him if he can have a frank discussion about the feedback that the American people are giving and have given. I don't know whether he can be that genuine and authentic. And if he said, yeah, well, whatever, but it's about the election in 2020, those scoundrels, I'd probably say, <laughs> I'd probably resign. <laughs> if, because unless he's receptive and willing to repent, and I mean that in a very Christian way, apologize and then improve your behavior and work on it, I would say, you know, Donald, you, I think you're going to struggle and you're going to bring down the party, you know. And I think he's got someone has to get to him and explain to him that, look, you want to win. You're about the people. Listen to the people. The people told you something in this election. And um, that that'd be my advice. And I, I probably I'd try to organize people that do have his ear. Who has his ear, though? Anyone who tells him something he doesn't want to hear, he fires and goes after him on Twitter. So he's just got to be—he's got to be treated like a petulant adolescent, and I don't know whether he's going to—he's going to tolerate that. All right, we got to move forward. We're going to be getting into the morning bell with Stephanie Bell, business news, a little twist. Only Stephanie Bell can give you two quick things, yes or no uh, answers. Would you? I'll make a million dollar. I could make a million dollar bet right now. Trump will win in twenty twenty four. Would you take that bet, Stephanie Bell? No. Randy, would you take it if I said, Randy, I'm going to bet you a million dollars Trump's going to win in 2024? I have a lot safer things to do with a million dollars, Brandon. Uh, my second question, <laughs> I, I saw you could invest in FTX. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you got a friend named Sam you want yeah, to talk uh, to me? Yeah, uh, yeah Sam, Sam Bankman-Fried, this FTX uh, founder, he's going, Bernie Madoff who? He ain't got nothing on me. Hold my beer and watch this other question. I uh, was reading a study. Uh, apparently, some doctors are thinking that diarrhea is hereditary because it runs in the genes. Is that true? <laughs> We'll see you four o'clock this afternoon. Randy Tobler hosts the Randy Tobler show. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. They initially didn't have any idea exactly what was going on. They knew they had a high priority call on their hand. What was unclear, what was happening inside the property just behind me. That's NBC's Miguel Amagur, and that is part of the report that apparently got him suspended from M uh, NBC. Now, that's the story, of course, Paul Pelosi, uh, law enforcement, called out to his residence. Still a lot of shady stuff around that, and I think it speaks to that power of of those people in power, like a Pelosi. They can control the narrative. Their power, they have sway over what happens with the news outlets, and I'm not going conspiracy theory here or anything, but NBC. So they're, And they're not saying much. You're not saying, hey, he had information wrong. So uh, Miguel Amagor, he's a national correspondent, uh, hadn't been on the network for like 11 days now. Even apparently NBC insiders are, are a little puzzled. They believe the report was squashed. People at NBC, they believe it was squashed because it went against the mainstream narrative. Now, here's what he reported. Here are the key points to this, he's talking about what could have transpired when police arrived to Pelosi's San Francisco home following a 911 call, and he cites uh, an unnamed source. But the NBC News report attempted to answer some questions about this alleged home invasion that left Paul Pelosi with a fractured skull. He cited sources familiar with the situation who said the police didn't know, number one, they didn't know that they were responding to the Pelosi residence. And I would think everybody knows, hey, that's where... 
you know, this is where Eric Schmidt lives. That's where Roy Blunt lives. This is where Nancy Pelosi lives. You think they would uh, know that. But he is saying in his report, he's citing sources familiar with the situation, said police didn't know they were responding there. Then the next big thing, Pelosi opened the door. Now, this is an NBC News reporter. He's saying Pelosi opened the door but didn't attempt to escape or declare an emergency and even walked away from law enforcement in toward his eventual uh, attacker. So NBC said, well, we still don't know for sure. We're reading police reports, but we're not in the police reports say one thing. And it reminds me, I had a friend just sent me a bit, loved George Carlin. My favorite bit from George Carlin is about uh, if you if if you vote, you don't have any right to complain about the candidates. And I know folks get mad every time I play that, but it's it's funny. And if you think about the logic and what he's saying, He's kind of accurate, but there was another segment, George Carlin. It wasn't a stand-up comedy bit. He was on, um, like, CNN or something, and he was on this panel. And and the reason that I really pay attention to it, and it's years and years ago, obviously, but you talk about a conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's say you talk, and let's use COVID, for example. Uh, because I'm one of those. Well, the, what's the conspiracy? When was the meeting? When did everybody get together? Who made the phone call and said, yo, Brian, yo, John, uh, meet me at Stephanie's house like at four in the morning and we'll conspire to do some real crazy stuff. So my take was always so who? Yeah, who's calling this stuff? Anyhow, uh, is George Carlin reasoned in, in this segment years ago? He says that it, it, it's not that it is. And I keep using the phrase mindset, and I don't know how else to explain it. But you get, for example, journalists, they come out of liberal schools. They go and they work for liberal networks. And every single one of them, man, they have that same mindset because they went to a university. They went to a college. And, oh, we got to accept this. and We got to do this. And we can't criticize anybody except them. And that, hence, this conspiracy of mindsets. It's an interesting point, and I, <clears throat> I'll tell you, I don't. I've I've followed followed him uh, for uh, several years. I mean, when I say follow him, I've, I've seen his reporting over the years. I think he's always been pretty fair. I mean, I I he stri- he does a lot of breaking news and things like that, and of course, um, you know, current basically live coverage. It seems to be what he specializes in. Um, if you were, he grew. So now up we're in, talking about Miguel Almaguer. Uh, Almaguer, he's the reporter. Yes, suspended. Yes. Nobody knows what's going on. And in to me, NBC, if they're going to suspend him, we, sh- you know, what for? I mean, it, it sounds like they're saying that you know it's because of the retracted report. Um, I've heard the audio. I don't know if you actually have the video of that, but it, 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 as I recall, he was saying his police sources were saying this, this, this. And, um, you know, did that happen or not? So, no. so we'll see. I, I, it's, there's been so many things written about. It, I just, it's hard to say. And I want to get your take too, John. Both you guys, uh, combined 60 years experience in journalism here in, uh, in mid Missouri, but here's, what I wonder is sometimes, listen, I used to be a journalist, uh, not to dismiss what you guys sure, do, sorry, sure, um, but sometimes you got some of the best stuff from sources that could not go on record. We Heck, we get texts here at the radio station at 874-93. We got a text on what's on that bathroom stall at Hickman High School. I have a, t- I have a feeling that's probably correct, by the way. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, 
so the in this, for example, this text, yeah. uh, Hickman High School, this is kind of an interesting story. Extra police presence at Hickman yes. High School in Columbia this morning. Somebody wrote a wrote some graffiti on a restroom stall. I didn't know that happened in schools anymore. Apparently does. Uh, going old school, but apparently somebody wrote something and school officials aren't saying what's in it, aren't saying what's in it that spurred mm-hmm. this extra law enforcement. They're saying it's a... It's a threat. We don't believe it to be credible, but you know, kids, they get to talking, and now they've got the power of social media, and now they're really talking, and people get scared. Parents. So anyhow, so we have a parent that texts, or and yeah. I, I don't know that it's a parent, but texted a picture of what is allegedly mm-hmm. on the bathroom stall. So let me ask you, John, do I share this? This is an unconfirmed source, and I'm kind of comparing this to Miguel Amagur. He has an unconfirmed source that says they didn't know they were going to the Pelosi's, and and Paul and this this dude, like, they didn't, it didn't seem like there was any distress going on there. Uh, and this guy reported it, although police documents are not corroborating what he is saying. So we have a picture of a text of the bathroom stall at Hickman. And what it says on there, your guidance, John, would it be, do I read it and say, according to an unconfirmed source? Yeah, it's all about the attribution. It's nothing that we concocted or anything. And it was shared with us. And it's sort of like one of those deals, Brian, where... Listener, do with it as you will. Yeah, it, and it's a tough situation. I, I, I don't know that there's a good answer uh, because the situation with the, the note is obviously we know that something was written. So, And we know there's a police presence. So, And, and based on what what's in there, it, it's not saying it's the same one. We don't, I don't know that, but it, it would probably be similar to that if not the same one. The one that we're talking about involving uh, Pelosi, Paul Pelosi, is, you know, that's different. And again, without seeing court documents, I haven't Mm -hmm. worked the story, so it's hard for me to judge. But we got a reporter from the Washington Post that's saying that much of Miguel's account was inaccurate based on flawed information. And that's coming from the Washington Washington Post. Post. You know, um, in in other words, was he misled by a source or... um, you know, I, I don't know. I I will tell you that his reporting over the years, I think, has been good. Yeah. I, re- I, I, I do. And I think he, I mean, he grew up, a guy went to Berkeley High School, San Francisco State University. I mean, um, you know, um, so I, I don't know. A homeboy. Yeah, I mean. He, Basically in that story. Young guy. I mean, to me, he's young, a national correspondent, 45, I think is how old he is. But. But again, without knowing, and we've heard so much conflicting information about um, the guy and everything. That that that's a tough one, Brandon. Th- this one's much easier because we know, by the way, and by the way, I just checked with Michelle Baumstark, the assistant superintendent, is over at uh, Hickman this morning, um, and they're still having issues with people retweeting or re- yeah. re- the the social media posts. So then, and here's the danger with citing unnamed sources as a reporter, and I'm not saying uh, Mr. Miguel Amagur did this but you could say well hey i've got a source as as because remember journalists reporters guess what they're human beings also and they all have as much as people whether they realize it or not we have our thoughts and opinions and we have us 
I don't want to say we have a slant. You do the very best you can at not having a slant when it comes to reporting sure. the news. But if I wanted to, I said, well, I've got a source that tells me uh, that a county commissioner, uh, you know, in Osage County is doing this. And I could be lying because maybe I've got a personal beef with some county commissioner in Osage County, but I'm citing an unnamed source, but I'm just making it up. Uh, that 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 situation like that, if someone were to go on the air with that, that would be, uh, barring something we don't know about, that would be slander. Um, you know, obviously. Um, and generally speaking, here's the other thing about investigations. Uh, in terms of a, a county commissioner in whatever county is under investigation, the Justice Department, the, the, generally speaking, and prosecutors have the same policy. They're not going to confirm or deny mm. any investigation, although I have seen them sometimes say there is no investigation going on. But they, uh, the Paul Pelosi thing, I just uh, since we're not there, we don't have access to the court documents and everything. It's it's just hard to say. But it, apparently, he's not been on air. All right. So here's what the uh, the graffiti on this bathroom uh, bathroom stall uh, says at Hickman High School, according to what a listener sent us, and it's you know some poor scribble. Looks like I don't know if it's pencil or sharpie, but it says I'm going to shoot up to school Thursday, uh, and it doesn't it. Just, you know, listen, back in our day, we went and pulled the, the smoke alarm at the school, right? That was what we did. And now it's graffiti and got to go and shoot the school. But here's what really strikes me mm-hmm. about this picture that is allegedly, according to this listener who sent us the picture, uh, that's allegedly on on this bathroom stall, is what it says next. Mm-hmm. Shoot up the school Thursday. Okay. Uh, then it goes on to say, I am tired of people. Uh, you'll uh, all die. And and I hate it. So the thing that gets me says, I'm tired of people. And I hate it. Sounds like. And that's the thing, man. You got to take this stuff serious. I don't know if it's emotional angst. But. but they, oh, in this, this day and age of school shootings, you absolutely have yeah, to Yeah, they have to. And, and I think the CPS deserves credit. And uh, it came from the top. And this was this was Mary Groupie that sent the letter out to parents. And I think the biggest takeaway, because it's all under investigation, if they can identify, basically, if they can identify that handwriting, that's going to be a key. But the biggest thing, maybe the takeaway for students, maybe they thought they were helping by by retweeting or whatever they were doing. I'm not exactly sure. The biggest thing they've told them in the future, if you know about something, go yeah. to an adult or teacher and don't don't basically post it on social media. I wonder, uh, do they investigate whether it confirms when it's when there's graffiti in the bathroom that says, hey, for a good time, call this person today. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Oh man, there's some leftover scrambled eggs that grandma made while she was in town three days ago. So you never know what you're going to get when you open up the refrigerator here on Leftovers on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. And I do... Yeah, I get some from for uh, leftovers. Mizzou at home this week, and of course, we are doing our Tiger Tailgates ninety three nine. The Eagle one zero four five News Radio nine fifty K W O S Tiger Tailgate Party with Buffalo Wild Wings, Culligan of Mid Missouri, Bud Light, Hard Noon uh, High Noon Hard Seltzers. Uh, putting this on, we feed you, uh, we give you some uh, some some beers and all that good stuff. 
All you got to do is you can go to various places across mid-Missouri. You just walk in and you say, hey, can I get some passes? It's completely free. You don't have to do anything. I promise you it is really easy. So like uh, in uh, Holt Summit, St. Thomas, you can hit up Speedy Bees in Jefferson City. You can also hit up Speedy Bees in Big O Tires. Big O Tires also in Columbia and also Boone Hospital uh, Wound Healing Center. Go and ask for those free passes. You got anything interesting in your, your little refrigerator john well jefferson city school board looks like they're about ready to vote next month to put an 85 million dollar bond issue on the april ballot yeah and i i think it's it yeah i'm sorry I think it's interesting because a lot of it, as a matter of fact, we had John Mosley, uh, Lincoln University president, Tom. We were talking about tech. Brian McGraw, Jefferson City superintendent, chatting with our news partners at ABC 17 yesterday, and it's tech, tech, tech. Probably the first thing we'd be aggressively going after would be the technology part, which puts the touchscreen uh, technology panels in every classroom, every elementary classroom. So that'd be the first thing we're going to be doing. What's most important in all of that in your mind? John? Yeah, I think, you know, it's like any education entity with the way the technology changes. The stuff you bought for last semester could theoretically, you know, without the upgrade, be obsolete by the time the students come back in the fall. Uh, I was speaking my dad, by the way, Henry, who co-hosts here on the show once in a great while. He's a brilliant computer programmer. He was one of the programmers called in to fix the Obamacare website. Remember that disaster? The website rolled out and it was disastrous. It was like... Like trying to buy Taylor Swift concert tickets at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, my dad was one of the without folks. the secret code. <laughs> without the secret code, and so my dad was one of the folks called in to uh, fix it. Social media, anything else on a computer? Man, my dad may as well be fishing in the dark with sunglasses on. But he told me this the other day. I'm not the best at tech either. I'm, people like it. We are digital immigrants. It's people like producer Hannah, uh, to an extent, Stephanie Bell, these younger folks. They This is all they know. They were born into this. They they don't know any other way. John, you and I. We're the MS DOS guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are the immigrants. Uh, to this generation, but my dad told me something last week when I was hanging out with him. I'm saying, you know, Dad, I do this tech stuff. I have a hard time with it, and and I try, you know, um, for the needs that I need it for. You know, I try to make sure I'm, I'm as knowledgeable as I can be to the extent that I'm going to use something with the realization, you know, it, and we're going to just keep going harder and harder into tech. My dad told me this. He said, Brandon... Uh, he said, well, here's here's the thing. He said, like, with these, uh, let's say, an audio editing program that gets updated every uh, couple of years. And let's say I'm still on the program from seven years ago, and there's a program that's, you know, three years new, and everybody else is using it, and I'm not. He says, you need to keep up with that stuff because, guess what? It changes again 